against Bitcoin. It's going up forever, Lord. You're against Bitcoin. You're against freedom. Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We are your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover breaking news, culture, magic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Got to fix my green screen a little bit. Um, but yeah, guys, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. So Kathy Wood, um, she's the founder of ARK Investments. She went on Natalie Burnell's podcast called Coin Stories. Great podcast. Highly recommend it. And Natalie asked Kathy Wood about this report that we've covered on the show uh, many, many times about what the expectation of where Bitcoin's price is going to be by the year 2030. And Kathy Wood's report broke it down into three separate cases, the bearish case, the, you know, the mid case and then the bull case and she kind of breaks it down so we'll pay you guys about a clip of the natalie purnell uh podcast if you guys want to watch the full thing check out the video description and then we're going to talk about during the news segment uh another propaganda hit piece from the new york times and what we're going to do is if you just read them by themselves they don't really tell you much but if you connect the dots and you look at the historical uh, I don't want to say performance, but the historical behavior of the New York Times, the so-called paper of record. Um, Parker Lewis, when he came on Simply Bitcoin IRL, he said something really interesting because I brought up the legacy corporate media and his answer, it wasn't my answer, this Parker Lewis's answer, he says, no, Nico, they're not legacy corporate media, they're government media. And the New York Times has a history of covering up state atrocities and this goes back to the early 1900s when the soviets uh, initially took power uh there was uh there was a new york times reporter uh stationed in moscow and he purposely uh hid the ukrainian genocide the holdomador um and he reported to the New York Times that, you know, the Soviet experiment was 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 wonders. It was it was it was amazing for the world. And it wasn't until the 90s that the New York Times apologized that this guy uh, was covering all of this stuff up. Also, in the 2000s, uh, the New York Times was the paper that reported that Iraq supposedly had weapons of mass destruction. Right. This is the same New York Times that is saying that, you know, uh, uh, is reporting that Elizabeth Warren is saying that Bitcoin could potentially be used for uh, for, you know, for Russians to circumvent U.S. sanctions. This is the same New York Times that released the infamous propaganda hit piece that uh, Walter America did such a good, great job, you know, uh, fighting back with the, you know, stop the presses, uh, you know, uh, Twitter account. But this is the same New York Times that, uh, you know, basically said that New York, that Bitcoin mining was bad for the environment. Pierre Richard made that really famous video where, you know, he took a CO2 meter. He put it behind the ASICs and say, look, ASICs don't emit CO2. It was total deadpan comedy. It was absolutely hilarious. And then the New York Times 
use the community note feature to fact check that video. But if you looked at the sources that they use to fact check that video, uh, they use the New York Times themselves. So they use their own sources. Now, we came together as a community, right? You know, I put up a tweet that said, guys, uh, you know, downvote that community note. And eventually that community note got removed. Um, and that sucks for a lot of these legacy media organizations that really have been co-opted by special interests, by governments, by very powerful international organizations, uh, because the internet has democratized the information game, right? So it, you and any person, any, any average Joe could buy a microphone, buy a camera, and if they're a talented content creator, they can grow an audience and what, what tends to happen is you're, you're going to see millions of individual content creators, you know, like spout out around the world, no matter where they are. And people are going to listen to them because they're actually telling the truth. And what the legacy corporate media has been doing for the last couple of years is I can't say this as a blanket statement, but let's just say a lot of the things that they claimed and they said were going to happen turned out to be completely wrong, whether that's on the political side of things. But let's just stick to Bitcoin, for example. Look at how much they attacked El Salvador. Look at how much they attacked Javier Mali, right? Do they are they really reporting on facts or do they have political motivations to report in such ways? So today we're going to cover multiple New York Times articles I want to show you on a timeline methodically, you know, all their little pieces, you know, from A to Z, their attacks or methodical attacks on Bitcoin. Most importantly, their rhetoric and their spin. It's really important that you pay attention to their wording, their wording and their rhetoric, because this is what the enemies of Bitcoin are thinking. And these are the words that they're crafting in order to convince the uninformed public, right? That's what they hope. This is this is why we say this is narrative trench warfare on the battlegrounds of the internet. This is not kinetic war. This is information war. This is about winning over the hearts and minds of people. And there are two teams, right? Two teams. There's Team Green, which is the team of central bank digital currencies, slavery, uh, poverty, nihilism, versus Team Orange, which is Team Freedom, Team Optimism, Team Prosperity, Team Censorship Resistant, Team Opportunity, which is Team Orange or Party Orange, and that, of course, is Bitcoin, right? And over time, you know, I know the battle lines are a little bit obfuscated right now, but you're either going to be on the side of central banking or you're going to be on the side of Bitcoin. That's your decision. Anyways, everybody, no more delay. I want to bring up my very special co-host, always optimistic. How you doing, Opti? Bro, the the we were we were just chatting in our in our slider in, in the simply slack last night, and we made the most amazing meme of Opti. I don't know, I don't know if we're gonna show that today during the show. <laughs> no, I, I think I'll drop <laughs> I think I'll drop it on the Twitter later, dude. <laughs> but uh but that was one of the funniest things I have seen. You know, very, Copernicus very is going time. to feel uh, very slighted because it is a uh, it is on the edge there. It is, it is a little iffy, but uh, it was a good meme. Shout out to Sophie for trolling me. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, on the point that you were talking about, 
I actually went down a little rabbit hole and I, and I thought I was going to kind of be coming from left field on this one today. Um, but I, I did a deep dive. Well, not really a deep dive, just kind of like a, a semi deep dive. I, I didn't do a full breakdown takedown, but I was wondering, you know, what and who owned all the media companies and, 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 was going to angle it towards the importance of independent content creators and, and the power that you guys have out there. And, you know, you come on today and, and, and you're basically talking about the same thing. So I I'm excited for this one. I, I'm glad I didn't just come from left field. I, I think today's episode will be a little less Bitcoin focused and a little more independent content creator focused. And you know, what are we, but an independent media company. So this one might be a little different for the culture, but I think it's important to remember that, the information is controlled from the highest levels, and this is why you don't necessarily see the truth propagate around society and the importance of the uphill battle that we had to continue to spread the truth and continue to spread that signal. So uh, this one's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm going to be excited to get Nika's take on this one as well. So let, let's get into this. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, this is, isn't just, you know, Bitcoiners online, you know, screaming this from the rooftops. Uh, remember Naim Bukele's very, very famous article that was published uh, at, at, on Bitcoin Magazine, Don't Drink the Elite's Kool-Aid. He said that their most important weapon is their control on truth. And they'll do everything and anything to keep it. Prints, confiscate, everything, 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 everything to control their maintain, their, to control uh, the truth, the narrative, right? Because I don't think the truth is on their side. I, I think that, you know, once the genie gets out of the bottle, that money can exist that doesn't steal from you. Uh, that's going to be very, it's going to be a very, very difficult conversation uh, for them to have with, with the populace. I don't know how they're going to be able to defend that. Um, so anyways, it's going to be a great show, everybody. Uh, strap yourselves in. Let's jump straight into numbers. Let's do this. The Bitcoin numbers. Is your Bitcoin in cold storage really secure? Is your seed phrase really secure? Stamp Seeds do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper. Don't store your generational wealth on paper. Paper is prone to water damage, fire damage. You want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet Earth, titanium. Your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps. And once your words are in, they aren't going anywhere. No risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere. Titanium stamp seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire. They're also crush proof, waterproof, non-corrosive and time proof. All things that paper is not allowing you to hodl your bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul stamp your seed on stamp seed all right everybody i made it super easy for you guys you could scan the qr code on your screen right now and it will take you directly to the stamp seed website store your generational wealth on titanium do not store it on paper get yourself a stamp seed today promo code simply at the time of recording the bitcoin price is twenty eight thousand three hundred thirty five sats per dollar 3529 block height 812775 
blocks to having 27,225 having estimate April 21st 2024 total lightning network capacity 5,351 Bitcoin capacity value 151 million US dollars realized monetary inflation 1.74% the total market capitalization of Bitcoin in the grand scheme of things Bitcoin is still a tiny little baby 553 billion us dollars as billion with a b bitcoin versus gold market cap 4.26 percent again my favorite statistic i say it every single day is the realized monetary inflation because it continues to take fiat currencies to absolute school it embarrasses them even if they get it back to that magic two percent number that they have no idea why it should be set there uh guess what Bitcoin is still lower and it's it's going to go down forever because of the halvings. Anyways, so this is what I want to talk about today. Before I get back to this document, I'll play you guys the clip from Natalie Burnell's podcast, Coin Stories. Link is in the video description. But this is what we're going to talk about today. Um, and this is ARC's estimates based on their research. And it breaks down how they got to these numbers. Uh the title of this, this slide from this research paper is called Bitcoin is likely to scale into a multi-trillion dollar market. Uh, the bear case is 258,000. The base case is 682,000. The bull case is 1.48 million, right? So let's, uh, let's move on to the clip from Natalie's podcast. I'm gonna play you guys about a minute or so. Natalie just asked uh, Kathy Wood about uh, that that image that I showed you. Let's see what, uh, what Kathy has to say. Yes, if you look at the little table on that page, uh, you'll see the building blocks and how conservative they are. Uh, I think now this is from memory and uh, sometimes I get one big ideas uh, and another uh, mixed up, but I think the institutional allocation to Bitcoin in the base case, uh, I know at one point we said two and a half percent, that may have gone down a little, but uh, if we're right, if we're right, that assumption alone, I have been in the markets for a long time. And as new asset classes evolve, uh, what institutions do in particular is they tiptoe in, they start with 1%. And, uh, and then they, uh, and then they migrate to two, uh, and then they migrate to five. So I think in this one, it's two and a half percent for the base case. Uh, when there's a new asset class, it tends to end up in the five to six percent range. This happened uh, to real estate. Uh, it happened to private equity, venture capital, which is now much more than six uh, percent in many institutional uh, funds. Uh, it happened to the whole category of uh, emerging markets. Uh, and so uh, I, I think it's that that one alone is very conservative. Uh, and if you look at uh, another one, um, the uh, corporate balance sheets, Tesla, Square have a Bitcoin on the balance sheets, uh, but uh, we, we make very uh, cautious assumptions. And I think the uh, corporate treasury assumption is two and a half percent 
of all cash and cash equivalents in Bitcoin, and the bull case is 5%. Uh, if we're right and the purchasing power of Bitcoin um, becomes so obvious in the years ahead, meaning uh, the, the purchasing power goes up instead of cash, dollars, staying pretty flat, uh, if not in real terms, deteriorating, um, then more and more corporate treasuries are going to be putting uh, Bitcoin on their balance sheets. So like absolutely spot on from, from Kathy Wood. And again, shout out to Natalie for having that interview. So let's go back to this, this sheet, right? Let's, let's kind of analyze what she was talking about, right? So um, let's break it down. Bear case, right? Cigar uh, or Kagar uh, or Sagar, <laughs> depending on how you want to pronounce it. Kager. Thank you, Opti. I appreciate it, Opti. Thank you. Um, all right. So, uh, wow, this show would be a disaster <laughs> if Opti wasn't here. And sometimes. I can hardly speak English as oh, well. Oh, man. So. Oh, man. I, I rescue you sometimes, too. All right. So, uh, so let's break it down. The bear case, right? So $258,000 Bitcoin by 2030. I think we could all say that, you know, I would be quite disappointed if that was, you know, the price of Bitcoin after, you know, what, seven years, uh, to be honest with you. But let's see how it would get there. So corporate treasury. In the bear case, it would be 0%. Uh, that's not already the case. I mean, the micro sailor and Tesla already have Bitcoin on their balance sheet. So I'm like, I'm pretty confident it, especially next bull market, that it's going to be incredibly obvious that it's a good move. Then there's a uh, remittance asset. Uh, the bear case is 5%. Then the national treasury is 0%. Now that one I'm kind of iffy on. Like, you know, are we talking about the national treasury of El Salvador? Did you guys know, by the way, that the U.S. government is the largest holder of Bitcoin? Like one of the largest holders of Bitcoin. The last time I checked it, they had like 250,000 Bitcoin that they haven't sold yet. Then there's a uh, emerging market currency, 0.5%. Uh, then there's the economic settlement network, 1%. Seizure resistant asset, 1%. Institutional investment, 1%. Digital gold, 20%. Um, so, I mean, that's the bear case. And I, and I can see why it's a bear case because these aren't crazy, like, you know, astronomical numbers. Now, the base case for corporate treasuries, 2.5%. That's nothing. And Kathy Wood was talking about it just just now, not too long ago. She says, yeah, initially when there's a new asset, you know, uh, institutions start off very small. And then when they get comfortable with it, then they start to increase their holdings. So remittance asset, uh, 10%. I, I think that's a little high, to be honest with you. Um, national state treasury, 1%. I think that's okay. Emerging market currency, 3%. I think that's low, in my opinion. Uh, economic settlement, settlement network, 5%. Seizure resistant asset, 3%. Institutional investment, 2.5%. That's a, you know, that's not a, that's a realistic number. Digital gold, 40%. Now the bull case, even though it's the bull case, uh, the numbers are still not that crazy either. Corporate treasuries, 5%. Remittance asset, 25%. That is pretty high. National state treasury, 5%. That's pretty high. Emerging market currency, 10%. I would say it's realistic. Economic settlement network, 10%. Seizure resistant asset, 5%. Institutional investment, 65 And digital gold, 
50%. I think the digital gold, like Bitcoin is clearly better than gold. Like I, I think that that's going to happen a lot faster than, than uh, people anticipate, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, so that's how you would get to these numbers. Uh, 258K by, uh, by 2030, 682,000 by 2030 or 1.48 million by 2030. Now let's kind of zoom out. Like what is the, what is the end game? What is the end game of Bitcoin? And I always go back to how Finney's prediction, uh, back in 2009, rest in peace, how Finney, uh, absolute legend, um, started it all truly. Um, and uh, this is what he said, and he and he originally posted this on on uh, the original Bitcoin forum. I think it's like Talk Bitcoin Forum something. Um, that was very instrumental. That forum. It was very very important uh, in the early days of Bitcoin. That's how people talked, um, and and had conversations. So he goes on to say how as as an amusing thought experiment. Imagine that Bitcoin is successful and becomes the a dominant payment system in use throughout the world. Then the total value of all the currency should be equal to the va total value of all the wealth in the world. Current estimates of total worldwide household wealth that I have found range from 100 trillion to 300 trillion. With 20 million coins, that gives each coin a value of about 10 million. So the possibility of generating coins today with a few cents of compute time may be quite a good bet with a payoff of something like 100 million to one. Even if the odds of Bitcoin succeeding to this degree are slim, are they really 100 million to one against? Something to think about. And this kind of reminds me of one of Satoshi's quotes, which is, it might be a good idea to get some just in case it catches on. Hal Finney, absolute legend. He nailed it. Uh, and think about it. At that moment in time, it literally costs a few pennies just to mine. What was the first initial block subsidy? 50 Bitcoin? That's fucking crazy. Anyways, I think in the future, uh, by the way, for anyone who feels like, hey, you know, they missed the boat. I think you're going to be looking at these prices 10 years from now. Uh, was this 2009, right? So, was, you know, 2019. Right. That was the full 10 years. So it's, you're going to be looking at these prices. I think I'm calling it like 2030, 2032, 2033. And you're going to be like, remember when Bitcoin was at 28K? Holy cow. Um, I really believe that it's really hard sometimes to zoom out. There's like really, really famous like stories, like horror stories of like and Pete Russo does an incredible job doing documenting this and stuff of literally people complaining like, Hey, well, I missed the boat. I got Bitcoin for $3. I didn't get it for, for, for half for 50 cents. Like I missed it. Oh, Bitcoin's too expensive. It's at a hundred dollars. Like I missed the boat. Uh, and yeah, like, you know, if you, if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, you know, it's a good idea to look back in the past, you know, uh, it's not necessarily mean that uh, you know, the future is going to repeat what the past did, but, uh, what's that famous saying? Uh, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. Anyways, Opti, what's your take on all this brother? 
Well, my trolley take at first is it's going up forever, Laura. And wait, 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 wait a second. Up. Those are rookie numbers in the tracking. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second, guys. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, uh, make sure to smash that like button on YouTube. Really helps with the algorithms. So smash that like button if you're enjoying our content. Consider subscribing if you feel like we provide you value. And on Rumble, shout out to our Rumble audience, which continues to grow by the day. We're almost at 2,000 subscriber followers on Rumble. So shout out to all you guys. If you can't find us on YouTube for whatever reason, subscribe to us on Rumble. Follow us on Twitter. We're live streaming on Rumble and Twitter as well. So check us out on those platforms. And we appreciate all you guys on Rumble and Twitter. And of course, our YouTube audience as well. Anyways, Opti, sorry to hijack that. Just uh, Yeah, dude, you ruined my soundboard, bro. You ruined uh, the soundboard. No, I didn't. You're such an old fart. Now, anyway, seriously... Um, personally, no. <laughs> are, are we going to have a soundboard off right now? No. no. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways, anyways, seriously, seriously here. Um, one mil by 2030 to me personally, it seems very bearish. And, and we have a few bears in the chat saying that one mil by 2030 is copium and hopium. Um, I kind of take the other side, but of course, guys, you know, I am bull tarted. I am, I'm as bull tarted as they come. I am convinced that Bitcoin will become the world reserve currency. And, uh, yeah, what you say, seven years from now, one million is probably a very conservative take. I, I do think it, it'll probably be higher, but again, wait, 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 wait. did you just say it will be higher than a million by 2030? Kind of. I just, I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm being botarded. I, I just, I inherently feel like that is wrong, but of course, it's a conservative take. And uh, even, like, a, even a million, even a million by 2030 is still pretty bullish if I'm, you think about like, it. I'm, I, I'll be, I'll be, let, let's have this discussion. Fuck it. Um, I, I think like personally, like, I would say half a million is like what I would like a realistic. Twenty to seven years. Yeah, half a million, like a That's realistic. That's basically two cycles. Like a realistic expectation, like half a million. I would be disappointed if it if it wasn't at half a million or at four four hundred to to half a million by twenty thirty. That's like I would expect it to be around that range. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Nico's a bear. Um, I am obviously very bull tarted. Nika's a little more pragmatic. It, 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 it's it's Bitcoin's pra it's um oh man I, the word's slipping my mind right now but it's binary right meaning like it goes up or it fails like it has to go up right um but you know having these the, there's obviously diminishing returns the reason that there's diminishing returns is because think about it if it for it to get from a dollar to two dollars is a lot easier for it to double from thirty to sixty k. Even though in percentage terms, it's about the same, right? And the higher you go up in num in numerical terms, the harder that becomes. So I'm not saying it's going to go up forever, Laura. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer than usual. But I would be very, very disappointed if uh, you know if by 2030 Bitcoin was not at 400 to 500 thousand dollars. And I would Look, be extremely disappointed if, if Bitcoin didn't break 100K this next cycle. I yeah, would be see, very surprised. That, that's kind of my my bull case right now is, um, you know, we really only have three uh, data points on the chart. So it does look like there will be diminishing returns, but I'm also kind of thinking it like 
the ETF institutional adoption is not fully priced in as we saw. I think it's going to rip. I think I think like the, you know, six figure price of Bitcoin is is pretty reasonable right now. And then considering that we are going to see an incredible amount of FOMO, I think by two cycles from now, uh, we we can probably break that seven figure mark. And I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to super cycle forever, but it just it feels it feels uh, it feels bearish to me. Maybe this is just my trolley bulltarded, constantly staying bulltarded, but it does feel a little conservative. And even Kathy Wood said that her estimations are conservative. And even on a conservative take, it's still absolutely bullish from where we are. So of course, you know, especially where we're at 28k today, it's like, yeah, you guys are you guys are smoking that hopium a million by seven years. You guys are at, absolutely out of control. But remember when it ripped from what 1k wait, to wait, 20k? Why are, they, why are they saying that we're smoking that hopium? We're not saying that. We literally just showed you what Kathy Wood. She. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a professional money manager. Like, wh- why are you guys bashing us? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, this is the chat. This is what they do. They, they, we, we take the heat. They, we get the. Like, I literally said, of. I'm like, I'm expecting like between like a four to five hundred k Bitcoin. Like, that's realistically what I'm expecting. Um, In seven years. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, I, I, dude. Look, it, it, you have to understand that. Like, I think that. The, the reason that I'm so uh, I'm a little bit bearish is because of You're how jaded. much I, I'm jaded from the last bull market. <laughs> um, it was attacked. So it was attacked by the CCP, the price. Right. They literally banned Bitcoin mining when the price of Bitcoin was going up. That caused sell pressure because miners had to sell Bitcoin in order to relocate to friendlier jurisdictions. Like, you know, look, number go up is the worst thing for any proponent of fiat, right? I think in the European bill, like one of the things that they mentioned, like one of the, like the, the, uh, the leaked documents that these politicians were talking amongst each other was like, literally like, we have to do something about the price. Like they were talking about the price. So I wouldn't pass, push it past. Go- if Bitcoin was, you know, free to do what Bitcoin does, yeah, I, I would say a million dollar Bitcoin. But I think that there's a lot of forces that have a lot at stake that would benefit from suppressing the price of Bitcoin. Yeah, you're that's, right. That's really what I believe. So it's this isn't a fair competition. Like the like they're not playing fair. I think eventually it's inevitably gonna get to that point because it's 21 million divided by infinity or infinity divided by 21 million. I always confuse the two. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's the reason I, I, I feel, I, I say what I say, but listen, it's always good to be pleasantly surprised rather than disappointed. And it always kind of reminds me of what Vikingo says, which I think is great advice. Like stay humble, stack sats, stay solvent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, Regardless of what we think the price will be, the only number that matters is the sats under your control. And and like we say, making it through the auto buyout zone. As we're talking about, obviously, we no one knows what's going on. We don't have a crystal ball. We can make estimations, you know, shouts out to Hal Finney, 10 million per coin. See, that sounds a little more reasonable to me, but <laughs> maybe I'm the unreasonable one here. But no, eventually, I think it will get there. I think eventually, it, it will, I think it will get to more than 10 million per coin. Like fiat is going to debase forever, bro. Like, of course, it's going to get there it's just a question of time like and i think that you know once you set expectations time wise i think you you set yourself up for disappointment yeah 
hence why we say I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Stay humble, like, stack stats, stay solvent. I hope they make videos of me like in 2030, like, ha, look at this moron. He All said, right, you heard it here first. Nico's a bear. Uh, you, you, it, uh, okay, you call me a bear. <laughs> I think $500,000 Bitcoin by 2030 is bullish as fuck, bro. Anyways, uh, all right, guys, before we move on, I want to give a shout out to our awesome sponsor, the Bitcoin 2024 conference. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference on planet Earth. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee this year. It's not going to be in Miami, July 25th through the 27th, 2024. You can use promo code SIMPLY to get yourself a 10% discount. For a GA ticket, you can get it for $349. For an industry pass, and that gives you access to the conference for three days. For industry day, which is day one. And then the GA days, which are uh, day two and three of Bitcoin 2024. And if you're a whale, uh, you can get yourself a whale pass that will give you access to the backstage, the deep VIP lounge. And that you can get it for $4,749. Again, Opti and I are going to be there. It's going to be a big celebration. Promo code simply to get yourself a 10% discount to Bitcoin. 2024. All right, everybody, let's jump into the news. The Daily News. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your, into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the Passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the passport link in the show notes below to learn more. All right, guys, so I'm going to take you down a trip, a trip down memory lane. But before we do that, guys, scan the QR code on your screen. It will take you directly to the Foundation Devices website where you can get yourself a passport hardware wallet. It's the one I personally recommend. It's absolutely beautiful. It's open source. You definitely want to get yourself one, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Scan the QR code on your screen right now. It will take you directly to the Foundation Devices website where you can get yourself a passport hardware wallet. Take your Bitcoin into self-custody. All right, everybody. So let's talk about uh, the New York Times and let's talk about the history of the New York Times, what they've done in the past, uh, the air cover, the propaganda cover they've provided for the state, uh, multiple states, not only the U.S., uh, but also other countries as well. Um, and that begs the question, who are the New York Times really in the business of reporting news? I'm not making any claims. I'm just asking the question. I'll lay out the case and I'll let you guys be the judge. Anyways. So this was uh, when it started kind of popping up on my radar. Elizabeth Warren has used the New York Times many, many times. And remember, Elizabeth Warren is the senator that introduced a bipartisan bill in the Senate 
that according to Pierre Richard, if passed, would be a de facto, it would be a de facto ban on Bitcoin mining within the United States. It would force wallet providers, including software wallets, to KYC their customers. It would, it would force validators, also known as nodes, to KYC their customers. It would force miners to KYC their customers. All of that is impossible. They know that, which is why it's a de facto ban without it being a de facto ban, right? So anyways, so this is the New York Times. This is a headline article. It reads, Senators want to know if Russia can use cryptocurrencies to skirt sanctions. Four Democrats have asked Treasury officials to explain how they're overseeing digital assets while Russia is largely frozen out of traditional commerce. What they don't talk about is that a lot, most of the money laundering that takes hap that that happens worldwide is done in U.S. dollars. Also, not to mention, if sanctions were effective, which is this is a whole other conversation. If sanctions were effective, right? Because that was the pitch that they sold the American public, right? We're gonna seize Russian nationals' assets all over Europe. We're gonna sanction the country and we're gonna attack their central bank to effectuate a regime change, right? If sanctions were effective, North Korea, the North Korean government would have fallen. They've been in power for decades and decades. If sanctions were effective, the Cuban government would have fallen, but they've been in power for decades and decades. If sanctions were effective, the Venezuelan government would have fallen, but they've been in power for a couple of decades. You know who sanctions affect the most? The innocent people of those countries. That's who it affects the most. Anyways, uh, but again, you know, that's a political statement. That's my opinion. But that is a road that eventually is going to be crossed because current U.S. sanction policy, and this is a very, very important conversation that needs to be had that's not being had, is not compatible with an open monetary network. The U.S. Treasury, specifically the Office of Foreign Asset Control, gets a tremendous amount of power from being able to weaponize the U.S. dollar to go after their political opponents. What happens if their political opponents start opting out and start saying, I don't want to participate in using the U.S. dollar. I'm going to use Bitcoin instead to facilitate international trade. This is something that Iran and Russia have announced that they're exploring, looking into. So what happens then? Are they going to demonize Bitcoin? Are they going to go after Bitcoin because they can't censor it or control it? This is the separation of money and state. These are all very important questions. Here's the infamous uh, uh, propaganda hit piece where supposedly they, uh, they kind of messed with the skies a little bit. Some Bitcoiners are doing some digging and it made it seem like the skies were a little bit hazy. According to some Bitcoiners, some independent journalists, some independent researchers, this place in Texas is known for having very clear skies almost year-round. Not to mention the fact that Bitcoin miners do not emit any CO2. Uh, let me just read you the headline. The real cost of the digital race for Bitcoin. Bitcoin mines cash in on electricity by devouring it. Sell, selling it, even turning it off. And they cause immense pollution. In many cases, the public pays a price. Okay, 
Remember what I told you guys about framing. Framing rhetoric. Framing rhetoric. What are, what are they saying? They're saying that Bitcoin miners cause immense pollution, right? Bitcoin miners don't cause pollution. They don't emit anything. You know what they emit? Hot air and what I call the sound of freedom. That's sound and hot air. Electricity production, right, is a totally other conversation. You know what else requires electricity production and they're pushing this extremely hard? Electric cars, toasters, video games. Video games worldwide use more electricity than Bitcoin miners. Why aren't they going after video games? Well, it's obvious. Video games aren't a threat to the government's ability to create money for free that everyone else has to work for. But I want you to pay attention to the rhetoric, the framing, because it's important. What they're hoping for is that they're trying to catch the uninformed. That's what they're doing. So when Pierre released that video, it was extremely important because it provided a counter narrative. And it was a deadpan narrative. And they tried to fight back. They tried a community note it. We fought back as a community and we removed that community note because we downvoted it, right? This is narrative trench warfare. This is what it's all about. They're trying to win over the hearts and minds, except they're working off lies and misrepresentations. We have the truth on our side. And remember, we have home field advantage on the internet. Our memetics are better than theirs. So let's talk also about the history of the New York Times. Let me introduce you to Judith Miller. A lot of you guys probably don't know who she is, but I'm sure you know what she is known for. She was the comment, the American journalist and commentator who covered Iraq's weapons of mass destruction program before both before and after the 2003 invasion, which was later discovered to have been based on inaccurate information from the intelligence community. She worked in the New York Times Washington Bureau before joining Fox News in 2008. The New York Times determined that several story, several stories she wrote about Iraq were inaccurate and she was forced to resign from the paper in 2005. So she resigned from the paper in 2005, but she got a nice job at Fox News. You know, the same Fox News that fired Tucker Carlson, which happened to be the most popular broadcaster in the world. I mean, uh, second to Joe Rogan, 3.5 av uh, average million viewers, who happened to have brought on people like Naeem Bukele, people like Michael Saylor, people like Max Kaiser, people like Marty Bent, people like Naeem Bukele basically saying that the Federal Reserve is not federal. And that they're printing money out of thin air. That Fox News. Anyways, so this is Judith Miller, right? And again, you know, it's forced to resign. But what's not talked about, right, is what are the consequences of that reporting? It led to the invasion of Iraq. Millions of people died. Americans died. Not to mention the fact that there were no weapons of mass destruction. 
Not to mention the fact that when the U.S. pulled out, it created a power vacuum, which led to the establishment of ISIS. Remember those guys? Those guys weren't very nice. Anyways, moving on. Isn't the New York Times wonderful? This is Walter Durati. And uh, interesting. He was, pu- he was, uh, he was uh, stationed in Moscow. Um, so, and by the way, both these people, Judith, uh, Judith Miller, uh, got a Pulitzer Prize. And you guys will start to see something. Um, and Walter Durati also got a Pulitzer Prize. But let's see what Walter Durati did. In 1932, Durati received a Pulitzer Prize for a series of reports about the Soviet Union, 11 of which were published in 1931. He was later criticized for his subsequent denial of the widespread famine in 1930 to 1933 in the USSR, most particularly the Holomador. They covered this up. The New York Times did not admit that they were wrong about this until the 1990s. They even made a movie about this because this guy actually uncovered uncovered what was actually going on in the in the in the Ukraine during the Holmodor. He uncovered it. And you know what? He actually got assassinated for uncovering it. Jones was kidnapped and murdered in 1935 while investigating in Japanese occupied Inner Mongolia. His murder is suspected by some to have been committed by the Soviet secret police. So this is the New York Times. This is the same New York Times. So moving on. If you search New York Times Weapons of Mass Destruction original article, can't find them. They don't pop up on Google. First one is Weapons of Mass Destruction or Mass Distraction, right? And that was released in 2004. And then it goes on to say, New York Times were wrong on Iraq. New York Times makes glaring error about Iraq. But where are those original articles? Why can't I find them? And then this leads me to the latest article by the New York Times. Attacking Bitcoin. Let's take a look at what their latest narrative says. Right. And again, like the epic, you know, drone footage from above looking at the containers. Let's take a look at the framing and the rhetoric of this article. Across U.S. Chinese Bitcoin mines draw national security scrutiny. Microsoft reported one site in Wyoming because of its proximity to a data center and nuclear missile base. Records show other cryptocurrency facilities have ties to the Chinese state. All right. Goes on to say, When a company with Chinese origins broke ground last year on a crypto mining operation in uh, Shane, Wyoming, a team at Microsoft that assists national security threats sounded the alarm. Not only was the site next door to a Microsoft data center that supported the Pentagon, it was was about a mile away from an Air Force base that controlled nuclear-armed intercontinental ballistic missiles. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Bitcoin mining is a threat to... (laughs) I laugh because it's so absurd. According to this, Bitcoin mining is a threat to uh, the security of of America's nuclear capability. 
goes on to say the location could allow the Chinese to pursue full spectrum intelligence collections operations. The Microsoft team wrote in an August 2022 report to the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, a federal body that monitors threats posed by overseas investors. Microsoft's warning did not go unheeded, speaking on the condition of anonymity, of course. U.S. government officials told the New York Times last week that they have been tracking the Wyoming operation for months. One official said that measures have been taken to mitigate potential intelligence collection, but declined to elaborate. In addition, the mining company said it responded to uh, queries from the Federal Investment Committee. The national security concerns about the Wyoming site previously unreported reflect a broader unease about a recent surge in Chinese Bitcoin mines across the country. (laughs) Why did the surge happen? Because the CCP banned Bitcoin mining within their borders and then Chinese entrepreneurs fled China to set up shop in the United States where it's a friendlier jurisdiction and they could find good, uh, good electricity rates. Aside from intelligence gathering worries, the mines, which are large warehouses and containers packed with specialized computers, put immense pressure on power grids. The computers typically run around the clock while mining for the digital coins, the most popular among the various cryptocurrencies. Brian Harrell, a former assistant secretary for infrastructure protection at the Department of Homeland Security during the Trump administration, said that the operations could place enormous stress on the grids if the mines worked in concert to wreak havoc. That's right. The Bitcoin miners are going to work in concert to wreck the U.S. grid. Why? Don't know. That's not a good economical decision. It seems like they're providing a ton of grid stability in Texas. But let's just ignore all that and say that Bitcoin mining is a threat to America's nuclear arsenal and also that they're being set up to cause havoc on America's energy grid. (sighs) Okay, so... That's the latest propaganda hit piece from the New York Times. This is one of them. This is another them. So you guys get the point. The New York Times is not a friend of Bitcoin. What I got to say to the New York Times is leave my fucking toasters alone. Because that's essentially what Bitcoin miners are. They're toasters. That's what they do. You plug them into the wall. They're plugged into the internet. Right? And they release hot air. But you see the effort that they're going through to point it as if not only is a threat to national security, it's a threat to U.S. sanction policy. It's a threat to uh, to all these things, because that's what they're that's what they're inferring when they report the news this way. The rhetoric is really important. The language is really important. And this isn't just any publication. This is the paper of record. This is the paper that reported originally that Iraq had weapons of mass uh, destruction, and that led to the invasion of Iraq. Now, the bad news for the New York Times is now they have competition from the Internet. 
So their ability to to uh, control the narrative is greatly diminished. But that's not to say that we shouldn't be paying attention to what they're saying, because these are the words that they're using in order to set a certain narrative. We must rebuke it. It is absurd what they just said. Think about what they just said. They said it very nicely and they worthsmith the fuck out of it. But they basically said that Bitcoin mine, a Bitcoin mine that was set up in Wyoming, I'm sure because there's cheap power there, cheap stranded power, could potentially be a threat to America's nuclear arsenal. Like that is absolutely freaking insane. Right. Like, but they're trying to make those connections in people's heads so that the, so people have a bad, uh, they have a bad, uh, you know, in their minds, they think, oh my God, this Bitcoin thing, this is dangerous. This is a threat. This is what's going on. Don't allow them to do that. So in Thanksgiving, tune into Simply Bitcoin, arm yourself with the facts so that when Uncle Jim or Uncle Scott says like, yo, it's Bitcoin shit. It's boiling the oceans. The Chinese are using it to take over the world. You're going to be like, bro, it's literally a fucking toaster. Leave my toasters alone, New York Times. Anyways, Opti, what's your take on all this? <laughs> well, well, what a what a breakdown. Uh, love to see it. Love to see it. Well, my initial thought is obviously very trolly. It looks like the DOD is taking a page from Jason Lowry's thesis and saying Bitcoin is a threat to national security. Who would have saw this one coming, guys? <laughs> I, it's not like we haven't been talking about this for a while. And this is why there's so many framing attempts by Bitcoiners to disassociate with the idea that Bitcoin is a weapon. Bitcoin is defense against these tyrannical dystopian psychopaths. And call it what you want. Call the press what you want. The corporate press, governmental press, uh, mockingbird media, parasite class PR, whatever you want to call it. It just goes to show that they're scared and they should be scared. They should absolutely be terrified because, again, we didn't reference the Nayib Bukele article today. But remember what he says. Do not drink the elite's Kool-Aid. And the chunk of it that we always reference is what these people have is the monopoly on truth. And they will lie, smear, murder, do whatever they have to do to ensure that the average person doesn't understand what's actually going on in the world. And as long as they can control the narrative, most people will fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. So, yes, there is a reason for them to be absolutely terrified because Bitcoin takes away the power of the money money printer. Why, and why, why don't Opti? Why don't you do the honors and and read this? Okay, I got. I got to. Okay, let me see. Because the most vocal detractors, the ones who are afraid and pressuring us to reverse our decision, are the world's powerful elites and the people who work for or benefit from them. They used to own everything, and in a way, they still do. The media, the banks, the NGOs, the international organizations, and almost all the governments and corporations in the world. And with that, of course, they also own the armies, the loans, the money supply, the credit ratings, the narrative, the propaganda, the factories, the food supply. They control international trade and international law, but their most powerful powerful weapon is the control of the truth. And they are willing to fight, lie, smear, destroy, censor, confiscate, print, and do whatever it takes to maintain and increase their control over the truth and everything and everyone. Now, guys, this is not simply Bitcoin saying this. This is not a conspiracy theorist on the internet saying this. This is a president of a country. Of, of, a nation which, of which they're attacking with everything which they they're have. attacking with the same very media that he exposed. So, guys, 
I think, and today's episode, I'm kind of glad we're doing this. I'm not going to do as deep a dive as Nico did on uh, all the other media conglomerates, but it's the same message, guys. We know that the truth is controlled. We know that the powers that be will do whatever they can to kill the truth and continue to gaslight the average individual. Hence why it is so important to defund them by taking Bitcoin into self-custody. Hence why we constantly tell you guys to opt out of the fiat world. Hence why we keep telling you that Bitcoin is a peaceful revolution and all you have to do is take your labor, take your work, take your capital outside of the financial system because they do not have your best interest in mind. They are literally using code words and phrases to control their business interests. And they are metaphorically or rather very seriously sacrificing you and your family. So I don't know about you, but I've had enough. I am tired of this. I, d I don't believe that this is how the world should be run. So hence why I'm a Bitcoiner. Hence why I tell everyone to save in Bitcoin. Hence why I think it's the most important thing for us to be doing is to be and proliferate the Bitcoin message. Anyways. Anyway, uh, thanks, Opti. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's give a shout out to our sponsor. Um, and I did that preemptively, so I apologize, Opti. No worries. It, it <laughs> was on it, point. It was I, on I point. Did, I did it out of reflex, so I apologize. And it, was it was on point. It was on point. It was on point. Guys, check out Kaboom Racks. Uh, they're the best place to buy Bitcoin miners. I made it super easy for you guys. All you got to do is scan the QR code on your screen. It is the most trusted place to buy, sell, and host mining equipment. Also, they offer repair and hosting services all in one place. If you've been looking for a place to buy Bitcoin miners, your answer is Kaboom Racks. Buy mining equipment, sell mining equipment. They have a vast network of domestic and international customers. You could also uh, join your Telegram group, which you could do by scanning the QR code on your screen. And that's where you're going to find the best, let the best and greatest deals on the latest Bitcoin miners. So start your mining utopia today. Check out Kaboom Racks and get yourself a Bitcoin ASIC. All right, everybody, let's get on to the culture. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to start today's culture. And I'm really glad Nico did this, uh, this whole breakdown for the news, because I'm only going to play a little bit of this video. But remember this video going around, guys. I'm sure you guys saw this. And I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'm, I'm sure you guys were aware of this. Last month, dozens of local news anchors around the country spoke in unison to defend their stations and blast the so-called fake news media. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. This, this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. <laughs> okay, that's, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. But I'm sure you guys remember seeing that video going around the interwebs. Well... I was very surprised at the time that everyone was surprised by that story. And I'm glad Nico did the New York Times story today because I was falling down a rabbit hole uh, over the weekend and, and went a little deeper yesterday. 
And I just asked myself a single question. You know, we see so much hate in regards to Bitcoin. We see that the most important topics in the world are not being covered. We're seeing that constantly the warmongers are trying to get us into a new skirmish. And if you aren't a conspiracy theorist or a truther or whatever you want to name it, you, you might wonder why, or rather you might fall for the propaganda. Well, as we constantly show on the show, not only is it our duty to spread the Bitcoin signal, but we constantly counter the corporate press BS, the government press, the mockingbird media, the parasite PR, whatever you want to call it, guys. We're, we'll, we'll add new nomenclature to this stat and list as we move forward. I asked myself one question. You know, what are the biggest media companies in the world? Who owns them? And what are their names? And I found this article from Forbes. And, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of research to back this up. But I kind of picked the prettiest one so that it, it's very simple for you guys to digest. We have this Forbes article, the world's largest media companies in 2023. Comcast and Disney stay on top. And I'm not going to read the whole article, but there's a list here of the world's largest media companies, so we can name them by name. We have Compass Corporation, we have Walt Disney Company, we have Charter Communications, Warner Bros. Discovery, Publica's Group, SA, Omnicom Group, Inc., Fox, Dish Network, WPP, Pick or PLC, and Paramount. So some of these are agencies, and some of these are streaming sites, but the majority of them are media companies. And there's actually a name for them. They call it the Big Six Media Company. And I know Wikipedia is not the best source of information, so I didn't just use Wikipedia. But as you can see here, I highlighted one little sentence here on Wikipedia, because even when they tried to subvert the truth, they still talk about the truth in their own publication. So as of 2022, the largest media conglomerates in terms of revenue are Comcast, the Walt Disney Company, Warner Bros. Discovery, and Paramount Global. And again, I look for some more some more sources on this. And of course, Investopedia is not the best source, but they also say the same thing. And I have even a very good picture for you guys here. And, and I found this. This is something you guys can all Google. Google big six media companies. And this is very documented. I'm just picking you guys the best visuals so that you guys can see this in real time. And again, you can see the companies here. Apple, they're more of a technology company, but they did get their feet in streaming. We have Walt Disney. We have Comcast. We have Netflix. Again, streaming. We have AT&T. We have Sony. We have Charter Communications, Thomson Reuters, Paramount Global, and Fox. Well, I highlighted a portion here which I will show you in a visual after, and it's who owns the majority of media companies. The media conglomerate that owns the most media companies is National Amusements, which, uh, you know, ironically has rebranded as Paramount Global, which we've just already touched on. Uh, within its organizations are Viacom, CBS, Nickelodeon, and other outlets closely following are Disney and Comcast, which also own many media outlets. How many media companies are there? Well, approximately 176 media companies operate in the United States, and this is the kicker here. However, Comcast, AT&T, Paramount Global, formerly Viacom, CBS, which has owned a, a majority stake by National Amusements, News Corporation, owner of Fox, and Sony control more than 90% of the media. Again, six companies own more than 90% of all the media. Hence why you'll see stuff like this going on around the internet and people are appalled why everyone is saying the same exact thing. And it's almost like they're getting their news, they're talking points from up high. 
Well, I have this old visual here. This one's from 2014, but it shows exactly what we've been talking about. And I didn't want to start with this one because, again, uh, it's, a, it's an older one. So I wanted to give, give you the updated. But here is a visual so we can get an idea of what is going on. The six corporations that own almost all of the media. We have National Amusements, which I told you has rebranded as Paramount Global. And you can see some of the media assets. I know some of your favorite shows here and uh, TV shows, CBS, we have MTV, we have Paramount, we have Showtime, we have, you know, Nickelodeon, BET, uh, Biacom. Uh, there's printing press, there's internet, there's gaming sites, there's Disney, which owns ABC, ESPN, Marvel. Uh, what else is here? Vice, you know, all, all the Lucas films, everything that you guys probably watch. There is Disney publishing houses here. There's ABC Press. ESPN Books, let's go on more. Time Warner, which owns uh, CNN, HBO, Warner Brothers. Again, we can go on and keep going on this. They own Time and Time Life. They own Life Magazine. Okay, Comcast. They own CNBC, MSNBC, Universal Studios. What else is here? Hulu, uh, DreamWorks. Do I need to go on? It just goes to show the Weather Channel. Even the Weather Channel, guys, uh, is not safe. And it just goes to show that... The illusion of choice is what we are seeing in the world. And then we have News Corp, which is Robert Murdoch, which is obviously Fox News. And they own, what's it? Uh, HarperCollins Publishing, Washington, uh, Wall Street Journal, New York Post. Again, we can keep going on. Sony, they kind of just own some Sony stuff. Uh, they know try and star movies. Anyways, the point of this is what we've been talking about on the show is the idea that all the media corporations out there are owned by a very small, not all, but mostly all are owned by a very small amount of corporations. Hence why we call it the corporate press. Hence why we call it uh, the governmental press, because if you only have to push on six, you know, meridian points, it's very easy to control the control of information. And of course, we didn't even get into lobbying groups and all that stuff, guys. But the point of all this is to just continuously expose to you guys the importance of you, the viewer, you spreading the truth, the importance of independent content creators. We know Joe Rogan is the biggest creator on planet Earth right now, and he is technically an independent content creator, though he does have that Spotify deal, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some links here. But anyways, point of this is to no longer be surprised when you see narratives come out of the corporate press. I know the boomers out there, you know, Lord forgive my mother and my father, but they still believe the suit on the television. We are still looked at as like crazy conspiratorial people. We, we don't have any legitimacy because we don't wear suits, because we don't have the corporate press. We don't have a television station behind us pushing us and backing us. And it just goes to show that there is still a lot of work. There's still an uphill battle. And independent content creators moving forward. I think are the, the most future. important. It's the future yeah, it's the future. News, in my it's opinion. like the social media has disintermediated the truth. And now more and more and more and more and more, it's becoming obvious that you can't believe anything coming out of the traditional news sources. Yes, they're quote unquote news sources, but they are not covering news. As we covered with New York Times, they are propaganda pieces. And we understand that they all have their bias. They all have their scripts. They all have the underlining holy dollar to pay to and abide by, but we are on a Bitcoin standard. And this is a thesis to us here at Simply Bitcoin. We are a Bitcoin media company. 
We are building on the Bitcoin standard. We are doing our best to maintain our independence because we understand what is going on in the world. The truth is controlled. We brought on the Nayib Bukele article. He lays it out plainly. The powers that be will do whatever they can to control truth. And we are seeing in real time that the pendulum is swinging the other way and people are waking up to the manipulation on truth. And and I am seeing moving forward that we will see more and more independent content creators spreading the truth. I'm already seeing it. Some of the biggest content creators, some of the most famous people right now are independent content creators. You guys know their names. No, the and dude Joe Rogan is the most famous content creator in the world. Exactly. Like, I, I can't even name you someone that is on the corporate press. Like, remember the Walter Cronkites of the world? Like, the people that we listen to now are like the Joe Rogans of the world. And they don't have that corporate press backing them. Yeah, you can say whatever you want about Joe Rogan. Maybe he is bought and paid for. He does have a big contract. He does have to abide by that but still content creators out there are the future and we're seeing why that is happening is because the corporate press is bought and paid for they are literally parasite pr guys they do not have your best interest in mind hence why we double down on the idea of independent content creators spreading the truth you guys are frontline soldiers hence why we jokingly always end the show with the meme review because you guys are in the fight i am convinced this is an information war we are already in that war, and you are the frontline front soldiers. I'm reminded of a quote. Uh, shouts out to Prince, the musician. For, the artist formerly known as Prince. He said some quote of, um, the battleground, the war is digital, and the battleground is your mind and your soul. So don't get caught up in the computer. Don't let the computer and the, the corporate news use you. Use it to your advantage. Understand what's going on. Protect your minds. Protect your family, your friends, because all we really have on our side is truth. And with vehicles like Noster, you know, with these decentralized social media platforms, with allegedly the support of free speech on X or Twitter, I think humanity is moving forward into a, a place where more people want the truth, more people are looking for the truth, and more people are tired of being lied to. So understand what's going on. Corporate press is bought and paid for. Call it governmental press, parasite PR, mockingbird media, whatever you want to call it. We know that they have dirty toes, dirty hands, and they cannot be trusted. Hence why you guys, at least you guys, frontline soldiers, find some truth in what we're saying. We do our best. We are only human. And uh, moving forward, we, you know, we're going to try to be as independent as possible, make sure that we give you guys as much truth as possible. Yes, of course, you know, we're, we're only human. We do have our incentives and we do want to see Bitcoin succeed. We know our bias. It is Bitcoin. But fix the money, fix the world. If we more of us build on the Bitcoin standard, more and more Bitcoin media, or rather more and more media companies build on the Bitcoin standard, then we may be able to get some semblance of truth and more and more companies go on social, decentralized social medias like Noster. Maybe the truth will proliferate. Maybe people like Bukele exposing the fact that the only thing the powers that be have is the monopoly on truth. Maybe we can wake the world up, but hey, it's going to take some time. It's going to be an uphill battle. Anyways, I know this wasn't necessarily Bitcoin culture per se, but I think this is something people need to know, that all the corporations are bought and paid for, and only a small handful of companies own basically all of them, 90% of them, guys. So do whatever we have to do to wake up our friends and family. I don't know how do we explode, expose this, but yeah, I like this one. Shouts out to XX. The media is the message. 
The media is their weapon. Dude, truth is the weapon, guys, and truth is what will protect us. Anyways, Nico, let's uh let's roll this one out. You we we went a little long today. Dude, I mean, bro, we're in sync. We're in sync. That's what I gotta say, dude. We're in sync, <laughs> and I don't think we did it on purpose, uh, which is absolutely hysterical. Uh, but yeah, dude, it, it's clear that it, it, you know this 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 uh the curtain has been pulled, uh, and I think the internet really started the fire. Uh, and again, this was predicted in the book, The Sovereign Individual, which we referenced so many times on Simply Bitcoin, um, that the Internet was just going to empower the the individual to seek their own information, seek the information and content they wish to consume. Uh, before, there was only like what, give or take 100 TV channels, you know, like when I was growing up in the 90s and stuff, you had direct TV, you know, you had like 300 channels, but... The vast majority of them were crap. And then, you know, maybe you had like 50 good channels. Right. And then you had the legacy, the legacy media organizations. Right. Now, the Internet, there's millions of ch channels on YouTube, but everyone has a different take. Everyone has a different perspective. Twitter is kind of the same. So it's yeah, it's, it's democratized uh, and decentralized information. One hundred million percent, Opti. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go on, and I don't mean to cut you off, but you sparked an idea. Hence why there is such an active fight against freedom of speech right now, guys. This is it's not a coincidence. The, their games being exposed. Everyone knows the corporate press is owned by a small handful of corporations. And so what do they do? They roll out the same message that we say, this is for the good of the welfare. This is, this is for the public good that we are controlling speech. And I think they're losing that battle. A hundred percent. I think they're completely losing their, not only their credibility, but just their their uh their, well that's all they have the reputation they, they, they yeah they're riding on their coattails and that's slowly slowly diminishing all right everybody let's get to the memes we got a lot of memes to review the daily meme review <laughs> no no worries i'm not uh, <laughs> i gotta do this sorry uh opti's new fave gene genetic means says wow i had 20 channels wow old confirmed old confirmed all right anyways guys um this is the meme review nico had to drop out he's got to do some things but i can handle the meme review nico it's all right you could leave it's okay it's all right it's all right. You can leave us lonely here. We we're, we're anyway. No, no, anyways, I, I got time. I got time, but I all might right, have to right. drop out. I might have to all drop right. out spontaneously. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, you already know the deal. This is the meme review. Tag me on Twitter at Simply Bitcoin TV or at Optimus Fields. Actually, guys, you're probably better off tagging my personal account at Optimus Fields. Mm -hmm. I I looked through the the notifications for a Simply account and I. I went back so far and I couldn't even find what I wanted to find. Anyways, tag me on Twitter. Tag your memes, tag your favorite memers memes, and I'll bring them on the show, but also drop them in our Telegram group, t.me slash simply Bitcoin TV. And I search in there to get you guys some memes, get them on the show, drop your own memes, whatever you want. Anyways, it's all about spreading that signal. First one is by Alan B. Watt, aka at Alan BWT on Twitter. And he goes, when you start to consider the second and third order effects of hashtag Bitcoin, it's the classic, you know, mind exploding meme with the galaxy behind it. And really, guys, this is the stuff that gets me the most excited. Uh, just the, the once you understand the Bitcoin fundamentals, hence why we always harp on the Bitcoin fundamentals. 
you don't need to know anything else, guys. Like I've said this so many times to you guys in the past. Once you understand the fundamentals, you can go off into the world and prosper. You, you can turn off the TV. As the message used to be uh, in the counterculture, you know, uh, once you get the message, hang up the phone, tune in, turn on, opt out. This is the way, guys. Anyways, next meme is by Glocky, a.k.a. at Clucky's underscore. And he goes, hashtag keep stacking cheap sats. And we got uh, Iron Man. I forget what this guy's name is. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. He's doing the, uh, and he goes, the moment when I realized that the Bitcoin spot ETF news was fake so I can still stack more cheap sats. This is the way. The bittersweet experience of being a Bitcoiner, when the price rises, it, it feels good. Until you figure out the panic that you will never be buying Bitcoin under this price again. Well, hey, you got another opportunity if you have not stacked hard enough. Anyways, this next meme is by McHoddle Face and it goes, Base Candy. And it goes, make sure to check your kid's Halloween candy. I just found this in mine. And we got Halloween candy and there is a note in it. And it goes, the parasite class is stealing your money through inflation and you're not even buying Bitcoin to stop them. <laughs> What is wrong with you? It's so obvious. We know what the problem is, and few know what the solution is. Okay, next one is by Joker, a.k.a. at Boomstick44. And he goes, reminder. And we got the classic meme here where it's Superman. I don't know what his name. And uh, what's it? Jason Momoa behind him with the laser eyes. And Superman actor is Bitcoiners waiting on ETF deadlines. And Jason Momoa sneaking up behind him goes, nation state adoption. We will see literally this week if... We have another president embrace Bitcoin on a nation state level. We'll see what's going on. We have a libertarian about to be elected in Argentina, at least fingers crossed. Anyways, next one is by our boy Phil C411 in the chat. And he goes, I saw the Rothschilds are auctioning off some of their chairs. Could this mean hashtag Bitcoin? And we got the chairs that they're auctioning. Are the Rothschilds selling their chairs for more Bitcoin? No one knows. No one knows. But uh, that's obviously kind of a troll. Uh, we'd love them. Actually, we probably wouldn't want them to be Bitcoiners, but they probably are selling chairs to stack Bitcoin. This next one is by my buddy, Mark Goodwin, a.k.a. at Mark Good W underscore N. And uh, you guys know my take on stablecoins. Not a fan. Bitcoin is my stablecoin. And we got here Mark Goodwin talking. He's uh, been doing a great job leading the Bitcoin Magazine media team over there and uh, has had great conversations and he's very adamant against stable coins. Well, we got a basic heuristic here and he goes, stable coins are bad because US government is bad. It is this simple. Stop trying to put the petrodollar on Bitcoin. This is not the way. This is not what I signed up for. Bitcoin is my stable coin. Bitcoin defunds you psychopathic parasites. Anyways, next meme, last meme. The BTC therapist, he goes, this is why you don't trade Bitcoin. And this is the classic South Park and it's gone meme. And we have a giant green candle. And then we have a giant red candle going down and it's gone. Do not trade Bitcoin. Do not trade your Bitcoin on leverage. Because you may get absolutely wiped out. This is not the way, guys. This is not the way. Anyways, drop your meme review score right here on this side. And we will cover them live before I cover them live to give you guys some time because apparently we've been lagging really hard. Get yourself some Simply Bitcoin merch, guys. I, I know you're trolling me that I've been wearing the Kenny Who Killed Who Killed Kenny orange hoodie. 
But uh, it's the only hoodie I brought on my trip back to the West Coast. It's been pretty overcast where I am right now. Get yourself some. It really helps us, guys. I know we're going to get you hats. We're going to get you female sizes. We're going to get you some Simply Bitcoin Times, your favorite Bitcoin artist. We do have the first batch, the proof of concept. We're going to give you guys merch. We're trying to keep us as independent as possible so that we can do this every single day. I know, I know, I know. We're a Bitcoin media company. We're trying to get you guys some merch, but it really means a lot to us. We want your support. We ask for your support. Keep us on air and we will get you guys some fly ass merch. This is the way. Anyways, anyways, my meme review score for today is this really big paperclip. It's huge. It's huge. Look how big it is. Look how big it is. Ginormous. All right, so you know those were some good memes. Absolutely ginormous paperclip. All right, let me see. Let me make sure some of these memes review scores are coming in. Okay, we got some. Okay, one second. <laughs> oh my goodness, you got some. You guys kill me. All right, anyways, 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 anyways. Where is the first one? Where is the first one? Here we go. All right, first meme review score is by DW and he goes, score. I give these memes a Bitcoiner as their next speaker of the house. Yes, that would be amazing. Okay, next one is by Elaine. Hey, Elaine, she goes, score. May the multi-millionaire Bitcoiners in 2030 use their wealth to pave the way to build a better world. Absolutely agree. Let's go. Igor, I give the memes a year of Boltardia. <laughs> yes. Okay. Next one, Phil C. I give these memes. It's 11th grade math, people. It's so simple. Okay. Next one is by Robert Vermouth. And he goes, I give the memes one Patrick Henry and two Tom Emmers. Let's go. Narwhal Tacos. He goes, meme score, one peach pear flavored LaCroix bubble water. Huge fan. Huge fan. Uh, XX meme score equals one antique UHF antenna to watch snowstorm. Okay. Uh, Psycho05 meme score, Opti doing one twirl. Please. Really? Dude, I don't have enough space. All right, whatever. Let's do this. What am I? What am I? Just a piece of meat for you guys? Okay, next. <laughs> next meme review score by Ranmore. It goes score. BTC Wizard of Oz. Follow the orange brick road. Yes. Uh, let's go. TK, I give the memes a long position on Bitcoin to cash out on the pump to 30K. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, okay, meta. Meta score here, you dude. You know, you got it. You got it. Okay. Uh, Opti's new fave genre, genetic mutants score. Opti's trying to incept us with Operation Paperclip using a paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Whew. Too meta. Too meta. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we love you. <laughs> <I'll t> <laughs>
Off the shaky. Yo, wild. Uh, guys, no more twirls. I can't twirl here. It's it's unbecoming of me to be a piece of meat for you on the show. Anyways, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Thank you so much to every single person that hangs out with us on the chat. We appreciate every single one of you guys that watches the show. Like, share, subscribe. If you are thinking we add value to your life, we will show up every single day because this is the way. Simply Bitcoin or bust, Bitcoin or slavery, you already know the deal. Don't share shitcoin channel stuff. Only share Bitcoin signal. It is our duty to wake up our friends and our family. Much love, guys. Have a good rest of your day. And you already know the deal. Get outside. Get your 10K steps and get some sun. Eat some good food. Call your mom. Call your dad. Call your loved ones. Peace out. 